Who's Hound Entertainment presents Sounds on Vinyl, the show that celebrates collecting and listening to vinyl. And now, from the Grand Anarchy Studio in Sweden and the Speakeasy Studio in the United States, here are your hosts, Mike and Phil. Hey, hey, welcome to the Sounds on Vinyl show. My name is Phil Boyer. And as always, from the other side of that big blue giant ocean is my buddy, Mike Svensson. Mike, how's it going? It's going really good, actually. It's it's quite windy here in Malmo, but but still, uh, some rain, some snow uh, mixed all together, but it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. And it's even better because this week we are not alone. We have somebody joining us. Mike... Why don't you tell everybody who's with us this week? Oh, we got a special treat for you guys right here. We got Chris Laney of Pretty Mates. Yeah. With us. Yeah, there you go. Hey, Chris, how's it going? Everything's good, man. Cool. I hope everything's good with you guys as well, you know? It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It's a new year. It it's, is. It is. It's a new year, and uh, let's go get through this shit together. Yeah. <laughs> It, it could uh, be worse. I mean, 2021 is like a fresh breeze. What was it he was saying? Like a fresh breath in an ocean of diarrhea. Oh, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, but that's, that, that is from Rock and Roll Detective, if you haven't seen that movie. I think yeah. it's brilliant. Cool. Let's check that oh, out. Oh, man. Wow. All right, so sounds some vinyl, the show that celebrates vinyl records. So we're going to dig right into this with Chris right now. So, buddy, how old were you when you discovered music? And what was your first vinyl record that you bought as a kid? Wow. I mean, I have an older sister and she's a big part of this. I must say she's like four years older than me. And what age am I at right now? <laughs> I had to count. No, I'm turning 49. So the thing was, I I think the first vinyl I actually got was a yellow vinyl of Holiday with Cliff Richards, which was my mom's old vinyl. But I thought it looked so fucking cool, you know, the, the, the yellow vinyl and everything, you know. Uh, we're all going to some holiday, if you know that song. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. So th that was my first one. The first one I actually bought that, that, that I bought in a store was Kiss Unmasked in 1980. Yeah. I was eight years old. So, yeah. That's a, one of my all-time favorite albums. <laughs> it's the best they ever done. It, yeah, <laughs> I think so, too. Um, and when when you when you hold that album in your hand, you got the kiss unmasked. Mm -hmm. uh, was that something that you you found when holding it and owning your first album? That shit, I gotta get me some more of these. No, actually, before that, I I was like five years old the first time I. I um, heard about kiss and yeah. it was through my sister I, I i remember so well her her uh schoolmates they came home and they were all like cocky and going like yeah you know this bang kiss you know they, they they paint themselves with grease blood and they shit in fucking hats and on stage <laughs> and you know i don't know what they came up with you know and i was like holy crap you know i i yeah. need to look into this and when I started first grade, uh, 
uh, I had my my classmate Lilou, uh, a girl from Italy, and her mom had Black Rose uh, with Felicity, and she had Destroyer with the uh, Kiss, yeah. and she had like this party you had like birthday party and everyone else was playing around i was sitting there watching those covers you know (laughs) nice so she gave it to me and i i I remember so well that i actually had destroyed for like a year before i even dared to put it on (laughs) oh but then then also i must say that i had a, a a classmate called jesper that his big brother he was a kiss fan before but you know how teenagers are they go like no now i like bob marley so he wanted to sell like (laughs) a whole fucking case of kiss vinyls you know so i bought them back then for like 25 euros which was a lot of money back then but not as much as they were today so 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 i still have them and i still consider those my holy grail in my collection you know but isn't it cool? Because you and I are, uh, or actually the three of us are like the similar age. There is only one year between us. But since since we grew up like uh, in the beginning of of the seventies, I mean, Kiss mm-hmm. was already when we we're like seven or eight years old. They're beginning to to make a scene out of themselves, doing shows and so forth. And like you said your your older sister and and i got a neighbor who was like a couple of years older than me he introduced yeah. me to kiss also and it it's sort of like i i remember seeing pictures of them and and, and they freaked me out and, <laughs> yeah and, and, but at, at the same time i thought it was like wow yeah wasn't it lovely <laughs> yeah yeah and as you said you you're you're carrying around your destroyer album and i i carried around those small pictures in, in in my pocket looking at them and put them in back into my pocket because i got so scared and then i took them up again and i looked at them <laughs> and, and put them back in my pocket but 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 then all of a sudden i, I so hear you yeah and and all of a sudden i'm sitting there in, in this older guy's apartment together with a friend and he puts on kiss alive Mm-hmm. And it and in he cranked that shit and I I was so scared I'm sort of like ten year <laughs> ten years old and and it's it's fucking nuts and yeah and I know <laughs> from 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 that day on it's been rock and roll yeah yeah so. I mean that that's what you needed and also the whole forbidden fruit kind of thing I mean yeah. I, I remember my one of my first posters I got you know from Kiss yeah. was this one with the naked lady. Remember yeah. that one? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And that was a classic. And, yeah, and I had that on my wall, and I don't know how my parents actually made, you know, was okay with me having it. <laughs> but every time my grandma and grandpa came over, I had to switch it over to the police. That was on the <laughs> back. <laughs> oh man! Oh, that's a great story. Yeah, that, that wouldn't have flied in my house, man. Not, not even. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, but we're so liberated here in Scandinavia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're a bunch of prudes over here in the states. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, posh. <laughs> <laughs> but and in what period in in time, Chris, uh, what was the breaking point for you when when you you said to yourself, "Man, I want to do what they do. I want to play music myself." I I think I was about eleven. 
yeah. um, my my sister was playing in a dance band, which is like for you Americans or North Americans, it's it's almost like country music. And now we're not talking about Lady Antebellum and shit like that. We're talking about like Dolly Parton kind of thing, you know. And I got to hang out with her band in the rehearsal room, and. Um, I started playing and I remember th th this is one of the stories I'm going to make this very short because it has something to do with it but, but my sister took piano lessons and my, my mother was uh, listening all the time and I was standing next to my sister just looking and then she went to her room and I started playing the piece she was practicing and I heard my mom say in the kitchen oh finally it sounds good and it was me playing. <laughs> oh. Oh. So I started writing songs when I was about 10, 11 something. And my sister actually, since she was in dance band, but she was still in high school, so to speak, here in Sweden, she knew all these hard rockers and she knew that I liked the rock music kind of. And she was dating a guy um, who gave me like a tons of cassettes, you know, with Lizzie and Back Backman Turner Overdrive and UFO and shit like that. And he was my idol, you know. <laughs> so I think it was right there and then I wanted to be, you know, in a band. I, I yeah. totally loved rock music and I loved the Kiss thing. I already had posters of Kiss and, you know. So it, it was a very quick thing for me you know I was just hooked and th then my sister somehow convinced her friends that was like 17 18 years old to try me out on keyboard and I was like 12 <laughs> you know oh, I was wow. a baby oh, so my dad for, for, for the what do you say like to try it for the band yeah. the audition the, my, my dad had to carry my keyboard down there because I couldn't carry myself <laughs> oh, but I got the gig <laughs> nice Wow. They, they they wanted a Joda in their band, you know, a small <laughs> cute thing, you know. <laughs> oh man! But you you play you play both keyboard and and you, then you play guitar also. Mm -hmm. When 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 did you start playing guitar? Uh, I think I was about thirteen. Um, I started off, you know, I started off as a drummer. That was my first instrument. Okay. And. I actually, as late as I was like 23 or something, I was out gigging as a drummer as well in a cover band. So nice. I always like drums. That's why my productions sound big drums because I love yeah. drums, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I became the keyboard player at 12, as I told you guys, and uh, about 13 or something. I was always standing, you know, in front of the band when we were rehearsing. I was seeing those guys playing guitar and I thought, oh, wow, you know, I can do that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and uh, somehow it just you know, it just went on that way. You know, what what kind of bands, uh, except for Kiss, inspired you to 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 pursue a music career? Holy shit, there is a tons of them. You know, you know, it all depends on what, what on what age. I mean, first it was Kiss, of course. You know, and yeah. I and I loved like bands like UFO and Lizzie and Scorpions and. Especially, I loved Rainbow. I mean, oh man, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, and I'm, I'm one of those that actually hold uh, Bend Out of Shape as one of my favorites, which is like you don't say that loud, but but it's my favorite. You know, <laughs> but it's and, a great album. Yeah, it is fantastic, yeah. and it's. It, I must say, I have a lot to thank my my sister's first boyfriend, Peter, who uh, 
came up with, you know, like a moving moving box, you know, where you yeah. have all this shit. He was so anal about the sound, you know. So he didn't play his vinyls. He always recorded them cassette. And then they came out a new TDK cassette. Mm -hmm. So we need to record them all again because it would sound better, you know. <laughs> so, I got, so I got all the old ones. I still have them in my basement, man. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, wow. Because it, it's my legacy. Uh, yeah. I mean, so I had like, you know, I'm a rebel album with accept uh, that I totally loved and you know there was so much music there so I can't really say it was the whole impact Saxon you know bring yeah. it on yeah but 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 then when I got a little bit older I I found my own you know my own style and what I loved I mean like leopard and icon and yeah. Cinderella later on and you know stuff like that so yeah cool uh, when did you form your first band because because I, I i i can imagine that you, you didn't want to stay with your sister or, or did did you go on oh she wasn't in the band she okay. only hooked me up with this band oh, oh, well. oh. Yeah. oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> that's awesome yeah because she know the knew this guy she was in seventh grade and they were like in uh first i don't know what you call it in english but they were like in the you know we call it like after preschool or after you know the normal school you go up to gymnasium or whatever you call it you know so they were already there but she knew everyone and she was telling them about my my baby brother he's like a rocker and he's fucking great <laughs> you know <laughs> so and, and little joda came in and go like <laughs> you know so so i was 12 and i started touring when i was 13. Oh, and I actually had my, my, my first invoice when I was 13 that was on, I think the exact amount was like 999 Swedish kroner, which was a <laughs> lot for me. Because yeah. if you if, if you paid a thousand kroners, you had to pay tax on it. <laughs> so yeah. it was like, yeah, I still have it. Oh, so nice. That was like a, a, a good way to start as a musician, like 12, 13 years old. It was. And the best part is that one of the guys that I met at that gig who fucking hated me because, you know, they were with the girlfriends and I was like little and cute and everyone said I was cute. It was Martin Tumander who's playing with Electro Boys. Oh, <laughs> so he, he and his brother Frederick, they were in the audience. <laughs> oh, man. Going back to to where you were when when you when you found your first vinyl record, you, mm -hmm. as you said, it was unmasked and, and doing the whole thing in the, in the band, switching between keyboards and, and and guitar. That part being in a band like you were like that, even though it it wasn't your your own band, what made you to take the next step? Were there ever a thing where where you go oh i need to to leave now because they taught me everything that i need to know to to jump on the next training and go even further uh, for me it was actually very uh, i also think the whole thing is the age thing i mean yeah. uh, never underestimate the, the the age difference between me and these guys you know they were talking Gary Moore and I was talking like Jeff Labar. Yeah. <laughs> you know? so, yeah. And I met my, my um, second cousin and he is also a guitarist. And 
I wanted to play guitar and I wanted to have like a show band, not like a metal band. I wanted it to be like, you know, like what you typically would say as a hair band. You know, I wanted us to have like stage poses and I wanted us to have pyro and all that shit. So we we formed a band called Seventeen because that was the age. All right. <laughs> was, you know, and... Um, all of a sudden, you know, we were talking about finding a singer and we couldn't find anyone and we were all trying to sing and they said, okay, Chris, you're the one that s sings less worse or whatever you call it, you know. <laughs> so, so I got the gig as a lead singer and we did like two, two vinyl singles and uh, then later on we did a EP on CD. So... But we toured a lot and we sold out, you know, the whole fucking, you know, Skåne area, which is the south of Sweden. And, you know, we had a good crowd. We did. And we did some shows in Stockholm and that's where I got some contacts in Stockholm. So, yeah. So starting at such a young age, was there any ever any thought in your mind that you would only do music for the rest of your life that you would never go have a nine to five job or whatever it was always just going to be music yeah to my parents absolute demise <laughs> <You know? laughs> no 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 but seriously i mean i uh, we were talking about it actually today because i have a son that is quite like me you know and <laughs> the <laughs> thing is i had like four or five weeks of absence in, you know, like eighth grade or something, you know, until a psychologist was knocking at our door back home. Oh, wow. Like, hey, your son ha hasn't been in school for like six weeks or whatever it was. Because uh -oh. I was taking the same bus as my, my mom, you know, because she was going like two stations further. And I was jumping off and she said, have a great day in school. And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And went down to the rehearsal room. So in my mind, there was never an issue. But I was always, I'm going to be a rock star, you know. And uh, the truth is that thank God that I actually got myself together in a later period of my life. Because it's not easy to, <laughs> to make money on music. So, right. Yeah. Right. So was it... Was it the music that you heard in those early days? Was it that that Kiss record and that that really prompted you to want to do music, or was it your sister hearing your sister play the piano, or a combination? I think it was Kiss. I mean, uh, I gotta say, I mean, it, I have a memory too that you know I was listening so much to Alive Two when I got that record, you know. And I was always sitting playing on, you know, pots and shit like that. So my <laughs> dad did something for my birthday. And I think he, I think it was seven or eight or something. He bought this Ludwig drum kit, you know, and it was, it was coated with uh, blue suede. Do you call that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and then he was working at this factory down in Helsingborg called uh, Buliden, you know. Uh, so we got those thousand watts of lamps and shit. And he had like, you know, we just made it look so fucking cool when I came into the room. So I was sitting there with the, 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 the absolute thickest sweater I could find so I could sweat like Peter Chris. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting there all the time playing drums, you know. Cool. So, yeah, kiss. Kiss. And later on, I must say that w when I became like 16, 17, something like that, I found a band called Shaka Messiah, and that changed my fucking world. 
did that song. Wow. And that was a cool band. But who oh, who, yeah. do, who doesn't want to be a, a rock star when when you open that gatefold to to Kiss Alive too? I mean, I mean come I mean, on! I mean, that, that's just... stage, man. Oh man! Uh, it's so cool. It's it, so cool. It, it's so cool. <laughs> and I had those tattoos all over me. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so great. Do do you still to this day buy vinyl records? Uh... <laughs> Ask my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I actually just bought like six of them, which was like more than I. I couldn't go abroad, so I thought it was a good, good way yeah. to spend money. No, 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 but seriously, I I collect Kiss vinyls, and yeah. uh, I collect a lot. I I love Striper too, and Rats, and you know, uh, and the band I'm in, Pretty Mates. I buy everything I can get hold of, you know, that I don't have, and you know, I have my bands that I really love, and I want to have the whole catalog, you know. Yeah, that's just all work. And also, I mean, back home, I must say, we every Friday we have our special album, uh, and every time a certain song comes up. I mean, even my kids jump up their shares to go up because they know it's going to be a scratch. You need to jump over that one. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So lately, we actually have that as a uh, you know Spotify playlist as well. And every time this song comes up, uh, the same thing, I can see my kids are like, you know what? Well, it's time. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's a Ray Charles album. You know. So. Okay. Cool. I, I had it as a kid, and I've always had that on Fridays, pour myself a glass of red. I've had that through my life. So it's so cool that it's actually going into the veins of my kids as well. So mm -hmm. that's awesome. So so what is your most prized vinyl in your collection? That that one record that you wouldn't give up for anything. Okay, hold your breath. Okay. <laughs> okay. I actually have the absolute first test pressing of kiss first album that is not the one you see on ebay because mine is actually printed and you know mastered in uh, bell sound so it has the the the, the um, label as bell sound as well so this is prior the thing is we have this like kiss guru in sweden called alex you know and he never heard the quality of this. We actually started thinking it might be a different mastering or whatever it is, but it sounds amazing, you know. And that is priceless. That is I'm priceless. Spe I'm yeah. speechless right now. Yeah, I've had people, Mike's jealous. Yeah, <laughs> oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. But oh, people have been, been trying to buy it from me for like you know like three thousand euros or something. I would never give it up, I, man. I actually didn't know that you were the one because Alex told told me about this because you and I know the same people, and Alex mm -hmm. and I have been mm -hmm. friends for like. Uh, some 20 years and, yeah, and he told yeah. me about this but i never actually got that there was you that mm -hmm. owned this record oh man and the thing That's is i got awesome. all, all the guys surrounding this era everyone is you know sent pictures to everyone and they go back and go like yeah that's the one that is the first one that's the one i picked up five issues of you know oh oh man uh, <laughs> so i still have it and it sounds terrific and i play it once a year because the thing is the worst thing you can do with a vinyl is not playing it because then it will yeah. all grow like fucking 
shit in between the you know <laughs> yeah it just gotta play it it's still yeah. vinyl if yeah. if it if it's it isn't sealed no 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 no, no i no. mean it, it actually looks like it's been going through a trash can or something i think <laughs> they, they, they might have thrown it away and thought that okay this wasn't good enough i mean there's no cover or nothing i can i can actually send you a pic of the uh, the label oh, and everything yeah. so you can see how it looks oh, because cool. someone at the office has actually made a original kind of label you know what okay. tracks are on it but you can oh. see because the the actual glue has become like mold or something you know okay. and, and underneath oh, wow. it you see bell sound and test pressing and shit like oh. that so yeah wow yeah. That's, oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's so awesome. <laughs> that's my my oh. pride and joy. <laughs> pride and joy. Now, now, on the flip side, is there anything that's not in your collection that you just got to get your hands on and you haven't been able to yet? Yeah. <laughs> There's actually two of them that I, that, that I need to uh, need to get. And and um I need to get the pretty mates one with the iron on, you know, their first, uh, you know, the, the ugly cover art of the first EP. Mm -hmm. uh, it has like an iron on and I don't have the iron on and no one has it in the band. No one <laughs> knew that it was around. So th that is one that I need to get. And when it comes to kiss, because that's what I collect. Um, What's the next one? Yeah, seriously, I would like to have the 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 first promo, you know, with the with the sticker on. Yeah. You know, that would yeah. be fucking cool, you know. Yeah. But 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 I, I I must say that this last round that I told you about that I've been buying a lot, I actually got the hot in the shade with a different co cover from Ecuador. So yeah. now now I'm quite satisfied. I must say. <laughs> I'm like three three hundred fifty LPs, so um, wow. with Kiss. So uh, yeah, I'm quite satisfied. <laughs> Wait, Speak, did, speaking, yeah. I, I was just gonna say three hundred and fifty of just Kiss. Did I hear that right? Or yeah, yeah, uh, oh, from uh, wow. you know uh, that is not like bootlegs, but it's like the legitimate stuff. So wow, wow, that that's impressive. Yeah, or stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, but but, but people they they they, they 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 could collect like stamps or you know Pokemons or whatever. I collect Kiss, you know. So yeah, everyone well, has that kind of nerve somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And speaking of you being a fan of music and 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 you're talking about Pretty Mates, the the band you're, that you're actually in right now. Yeah. Uh, uh, how was that? the transition from, from being like a fan from the get-go uh, and then being in the band. I was so fucked up. The thing is, I, I didn't believe it and I didn't actually think it was going to happen, you know, because I met them at the festival because uh, I produced Candlemas, you know, yeah. and yeah. Mop, the guitarist in Candlemas, introduced me to Ken Hammer and uh, thought that, you know, this guy, he needs to produce you guys because he loves you, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And my old band, as we were talking about, 17, we always played Red Out and Heavy live okay. as like the anchor of, you know, all the shows. Yeah. And 
we started to get along pretty well, you know? We were talking like every day, which I think is a good point, you know? Yeah. And uh, then when it came to when they did, uh, I think it was King, yeah, they did Kingmaker. He, mm-hmm. he started to um, call me more often and say, hey, you know, Morton, our old keyboard player, just quit. Do you know anyone who can play keyboard and guitar? And I was like, hey, man, I can. And he was like, yeah. You know, he was mm-hmm. laughing at it, you know. Yeah. And then it took like four days. And then they called me up and go like, hey, man, I've been talking to a lot of guys like Janne Stock at Sweden Rock Magazine and, yeah. you know, everyone. And everyone is naming you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So you want to try out? And I was like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so that's how it started. And uh, they wanted to try them out for like three shows or whatever it was, you know. But 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 I must say that uh, I recorded one solo. You know, uh, Ken came home to my house and we we recorded one of the solos for the song Kingmaker. It was recorded in my studio, and and then when they when when I went down for the actual you know rehearsal and shit, they were supposed to or they recorded the video for Kingmaker, and they asked me to bring my guitar and everything because they were quite sure that I was in the band already then you know <laughs> so there is actually a band photo from us from that very day uh, on that very scene but oh. it took a few more months before we we sealed the deal <laughs> but it was oh. insane and I must say on that first rehearsal you know as I told you guys that I, we were playing in Red Hot and Heavy and I was like I didn't even rehearse it because I mean I played it like a hundred times you know yeah. I came there <laughs> The only thing I didn't understand was when I was 17, I actually played in a different key. <laughs> ah. <laughs> so playing, it sounded like crap. And they were just looking at me. Yeah, I thought you were a fan, you know. So. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's good stuff. Were you, were you in the band? I have to ask you this. Were you in yeah. the band when they opened for Kiss? Yeah. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I was standing exactly on the, you know, on the stage. They have like lines, and it said, "Jeans yeah. bloodline." Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, man! And the thing was, the coolest thing was that you know we could have like, you know, we only have two guys when we do festivals and stuff like that because it's so fucking expensive to have more guys, you know, on stage. So we have one on each side. Yeah. And in this case, we only had two guests. Uh, one guest each and of course i wanted to bring my wife you know opening up kiss come on yeah. i mean that yeah. is like okay i made it <laughs> you yeah. Know? yeah i don't i don't care if there's no people but i'm on the poster <laughs> you know yeah but in this case she said like you know i know who you want to invite so i invited my old friend nicholas who i had this band 17 with so okay. he he was my tech <laughs> you know, oh, really? the the only problem was that he went totally ape shit about this. So he was on the stage all the time, was helping out Kiss. He was helping out everyone except for me. You know, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. but 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 we had we had those pictures together. You know, standing in front of the drum kit, and you know, he is my oldest friend, and it was it was just like the coolest shit ever. And I must say, Alan Sorensen, who plays drums on that show. That was his first gig with Pridmates. Can oh, you imagine? Oh, oh man. And he had, oh, and, and we rehearsed one time. 
Oh, oh yeah. Oh man. Wow. That's wow. great. What an experience. That's cool. And I also must say that I think it's pretty strange that a band like Kiss, I mean, they sold like Stockholm for 25,000 people. And then in Denmark, this place took four and a half. And they actually called us in and paid us to open up for them because this band, uh, Pretty Mates, is from Horsens. So we got paid to open up for Kiss to draw the other two and a half. Oh, <laughs> you know. Man. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't yeah, it's, it? It's and the thing is. hard in, in, in and, Denmark. Yeah, but remember this, you know, when it's going up, you know, fly over the audience, you know, Paul yep. Stanley. Yeah. yeah, this time they they came out with the fucking you know like a table you know and some steps extra for him to climb up on that they've been gaff you know like duct taping together. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like what you know I couldn't believe it, but still it was so cool for me. <laughs> yeah, of course. Did did, yeah. did you get the chance to meet them as a, as a member of Pretty Mates? No, because no. we were rehearsing at this uh, sound checking at the same time that they had the meet and greet, and then it was this thing. Uh, both Gene and Paul were so sick. We had just waved at each other and talked, you know, from a distance. But Gene Simmons looked like he was dying. I mean, he was oh. totally white. So uh, I don't think they had a good day <laughs> or night. Oh. And oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was one of those. Oh, I hope this will happen. And then you yeah. see these guys and go like, yeah. Okay, they're but, but, quite but older than me. Yeah, yeah, but still, you opened for Kiss, so so. I did. We and don't the, care. <laughs> uh, uh, no, uh, and also I must say that they actually know that I'm a ki big Kiss fan, and Tommy Thayer and I are, you know, like uh, endorsed by the same company using Kettner. So yeah. I, I got like a full bag of guitar picks just oh. because of that. And the guy who runs her, you know, the hairdresser of the band, he came down and had a chat and, you know, so everyone was super nice to me. And I must say that because they know I'm a Kiss fan, you know, Yeah. and it was super cool. I remember uh, I was uh, working at KB in Malmo mm -hmm. and you were supposed to, I think you opened up for Wesp. It's, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Would yeah. yeah and would've. I remember you because I heard about you. Because we actually ne never met, we mm -hmm. actually never talked to one another. So, and then you come up and and you have a, a Love Gun T-shirt. Uh, yeah, of course. Jacket. <laughs> and uh, I remember hearing you play guitar and and then hearing you sing, and I thought it was really really awesome. Oh, thank and, you. And and because because you and I are similar in that uh, we we're, we're both fans of, of like music and and collecting oh, yeah. vinyl records and playing in a band and so forth and how was that for you and how has that transcended when you were in pretty mates them knowing you that you're like a a fan and a nerd like like myself <laughs> being in pretty mates and collecting all this stuff with pretty mates but, but but I think I, I, I got to rewind a little bit, if that's okay with you guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. sure, sure. Because yeah. the thing is, if we go into the Kiss area, I mean, in 2004, I got a call from Bruce Kulik and I hang up. Uh, and then he called me again and I hang up and go like, fucking Thomas Wickstrom is pulling my string again, you know. <laughs> and then my wife 
took the phone and she's like, this is not Thomas. You you, you really got to take this. And it's Bruce calling me up and going like, hey, man, um, I heard the demo of you singing Crazy Nights and I would really like you to sing in my, uh, you know, Scandinavian tour. I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I he must have thought I was a total jerk, you know. But but the thing is that that made us become like friends. We still call each other every every year <laughs> uh, at my my daughter's and his birthday. You know because you know and he loves my daughter too. We become like super good friends. You know over the years. But we we did like six shows together and I sang, and that was just like okay, this is never going to happen again. Um, then after that, I got in touch with Randy Piper from Wasp, you know, and I'm a Wasp fan. I mean, I'm such a Wasp fan. Uh, and all of a sudden, I made two albums with <laughs> Randy Piper. And <laughs> after yeah, at the same time, I was doing like, I, I told you I was a Shotgun Messiah fan. And I did uh, the Sand Clan stuff with Zinizan. Yeah. And after that, we actually did a tour as Shotgun, half of Shotgun Messiah, you know, uh, with the drummer and Zinizan and me and Rob Marcello. We did like a tour of that. So for me, I'm such a fanboy. I'm, you know, I think that for me being pretty mates, what Ronnie always says is, I love your enthusiasm and how, how you always, you know, you, you you know your backbone of what this band is about. There's no bullshit. You're not doing it for your own sake. You know you do it because you love it. And I think that is my main thing. That that is why I'm not gonna be like super famous because I just enjoy playing with these people. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just I mean to be able to to call your whole fucking vinyl collection as your friends. It's yeah okay with yeah. me. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's insane. You know, that is insane. And I I remember I I went to uh, over to Copenhagen and mm-hmm. uh, saw you guys open up for Scorpions. That that's another band oh. that you had on on your yeah. bucket list. So how and how was that show? I to begin with it was insane because then again I mean Pretty Mates is one of those bands that never made it. You know we, we always call ourselves like the second line. You know, there is a first line, and that is like Rammstein and Scorpions and Kiss and all this. And we never got the shot to to do the other thing. And that might be because of bad management or whatever, or maybe not good good enough for some people. But just to be able to do Kiss in one year, and six months later we're doing fucking Scorpions for 35,000 people, I mean, it's not bad for me. I mean, <laughs> you know, and, and I had my friends in the audience and, you know, the, the the only stupid thing was actually that we we went off stage like nine o'clock, I think it was. And, you know, all, all the hassle behind it and going to a hotel and everything. And my wife just needed me home the day after because I, I don't remember. It was my daughter's birthday or something, you know. So I slept like two hours and went home. So I didn't have the time to, you know, think about it until I came home and saw all the movies on YouTube going like, holy crap, did I do that last (laughs) night? You know, 
but 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 again they, they were super nice they came into the to the room pretty amazing i gotta say that that is so cool to to be a member of a band like that because they've met so many times over those 40 years you know so we're not like the beginners kind of band so all the you know major acts they still know that it's going to be professional it's not going to be a hassle we go we don't going to throw out a tv or anything you know <laughs> it's more like what what movie are you watching <laughs> you know <laughs> uh, but it, it was a great show because it's, it's like you said pretty mates is it's like all the all about the professionalism when you and when because i enjoy seeing you being there on stage with scorpions and we're having uh, so much fun i must yeah, say you can you can really see it and and of course being being a, a band from denmark like pretty mates and and being able to play the royal arena with scorpions yeah. that's got to be like one of the best things ever and do yeah, do you sure. take that that with you when you move in other projects that feeling that you get from pretty mates that excitement i don't know <laughs> uh, the thing is i'm still in pretty mates and we're still alive and kicking even though yeah. COVID is around and ronnie has cancer and yeah. uh, all mm -hmm. that shit. but but we're still a band and i'm gonna hold the flag high until we can't anymore yeah uh but the excitement absolutely that's why i produced ronnie's album yeah you know yeah and for me it was like when he was feeling really down i called him up and let's do an album man i mean come on dude you gotta have something to look forward to and we just released like a Pridmates album and a Pridmates live album so yeah. it was no point of making another Pridmates album to be honest and he had so much songs that wouldn't actually go with Pridmates because it's so personal lyrics and all that so i just went i just you know i had a clip on my nose and i just jumped in you know yeah and that's how i work and yeah. Uh, in good and bad because I actually to be honest this is first time I say it here I went into the wall last year okay. I did yeah mm -hmm. so I'm uh, I'm taking it easy right now I'm doing at the movies and I'm um, <laughs> taking it easy now I'm sort of talking about what I'm doing <laughs> <laughs> and I'm doing Madame X and I'm doing uh, the new Kim Marcello and Tom Hart album and uh, you know so there's a but lot of we, shit we, going on yeah but with all those projects fr from from all of the experience that you because I, I i bet even for you that pretty mates was like a step up for you mm -hmm. as a musician be, being in in that great band but as a band member i would say yeah. you know yeah but but all the experience and and did you get to bring that into the production when you do like Madame X and, and so forth? Of course, of course. And I mean, also that both me and Ronnie said that when we did his album, we just been like in the same time. I mean, that I'm doing everything else. Yeah, It's like, he said, like, I fucking hate that I didn't know what you were capable of, you know, because we didn't know each other that well. No. I, I was in the band and now I've been in the band for like four and a half years or whatever it is and he didn't know and I didn't know what he was capable of either I mean I've always seen pretty mates as pretty mates you know yeah. so 
but of course you you you, you live and learn and I, i've never been touring as i did like 120 gigs with Bridmates in like two years or whatever it was mm. you know so there there's been a lot of contacts there's been a lot of like uh-huh <laughs> you yeah. know and i don't know actually how to describe it but but pretty mates has actually been the i mean i'm so fucking happy i even tattooed pretty mates on my arm <laughs> i mean that that, awesome. that that is like come on guys i mean yeah. i mean my favorite band yeah yeah that's awesome that's cool. yeah that's really you, cool you, ha you have to be an asset to them being a producer and and working in a studio and and building that up so 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 Can... Yeah, but absolutely, but 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 don't forget the fanboy. I mean, yeah, the fanboy yeah. <laughs> actually kicks their ass because <laughs> you know last year we were, or is it last year? Yeah, 2018 we went to Japan and we did two shows, and one of the shows were like the band's favorite songs, and the other ones what was what the fans wanted. Yeah. Oh. Oh, do you think who who knew what the fans wanted? Yes, I did. <laughs> you know, so they had to actually play songs they never played before, and they were so pissed off because they had to rehearse. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> but afterwards, we actually played those songs a lot of shows after that because they they understood that. Okay, okay, <laughs> let's do this yeah. one. Cool. Yeah. So, so what what is uh, next in line for you? in this crazy year that we've been having and now we were in 2021 just starting out so what's what's up with chris laney for 2021 we're gonna re release the second song of the second season with at the movies oh yeah uh, oh i just uh, love that phil did, did, did you hear about this i did at, not at the movies What? yeah <laughs> oh chris you got to tell the story i'm i'm following okay. oh yeah I'm, i'm great i don't i don't know how 80s you are but 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 it, like i'm 80s yeah. okay then you will love this because <laughs> <Yeah, you know. laughs> the thing is uh, like back in april last year uh i was sitting home you know in the lockdown and everything and i was like just watching 80s movies on tv So I decided to 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 have a band that's gonna do like 80s soundtracks, and it's like uh -huh. members from King Diamond and Therion and, and Soilwork and me and you know all these kind of people. And we actually did 10 songs and oh, after wow. 10, and everyone wanted it, so we did vinyls and shit on it and DVDs <laughs> and you know. So now we're in season two, and now now it's the 90s and i know that's not appealing when you see the 90s but the thing is it's 90s movies that doesn't mean it's 90s music <laughs> so, there you go so wow. the band is called at the movies and we're having so much fucking fun you know we're just covering soundtracks you gotta you gotta check it out man you gotta check it out it's, i, I do, at, definitely do at, at the movies official on youtube so It's all great, right. I tell you, it's yeah. awesome. So that that is what I'm doing, and I'm also doing like the Kim Marcello thing, as I told you about, and Metamax. So that that that's good enough for me right now because I need to slow down a bit this year. I don't want to hit the wall again, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So yeah. Exciting times. Yeah, it is. Cool. It is, man. It is, man. It is. And also, as uh, I think, it's now in a week or two. Uh, Ronnie Atkins gonna release his new single, um, uh, which is the best fucking song ever, I think. 
So you gotta check it out. And he has released one song called um, Real. So go check that out as well. It's great, I'll tell you. I, I just checked it out yesterday. I'm doing some oh. research for this show. Checking out all the, <laughs> That's good. the, the old Pretty Mates and the new one. And and, and then I, I stumbled onto to, to Ronnie's new new uh, single. So it's- I think it's gonna some, be awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's really awesome stuff. Yeah. All right. all right, that's about it. Yeah. Hey guys. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks, Chris, for, for coming on and telling all your stories and filling us in on your, your massive vinyl collection. That was cool to hear about. <laughs> Thank you for having me, man. I mean, the thing is, call me anytime and uh, I'll send you pictures of my vinyl collection. Oh. Yes, do it. <laughs> we'll, we'll post it on social media. Ah, that's good. Sure, <laughs> all right. Definitely. Thanks a lot, Chris. Thanks, uh, thanks, Chris. All right. Thanks. Have a great evening. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Oh, how cool was that, Mike? Uh, it was awesome. I mean, Chris is such a good guy, man. Yeah, he is. is. That, that that was fun. That was a fun it, time. That was really fun. What an interesting uh, life he he had, and and all the vinyls. I mean, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing pictures of all the all those, especially that Kiss one. Oh, yeah. Man. Oh, I bet. Yeah. 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 That's crazy. That's great. I, mean, I, I, I think I think you got some competition. Yeah, with, with the whole do. BOC thing, right? Yeah. He's, he's catching up. I think. Yeah, you guys are gonna have a little a little war here. I yeah. think. But Maybe. he's already up there. He, I think he he beat me by a a, a long shot. But but still, <laughs> it's all in good fun. It's music and it's fun on records. Yeah, that, that guy's lived a life, man. How cool yeah. is that to just? Oh, hey, yeah, this is my band. This is my favorite band. Oh, I get to play with them yeah <laughs> or open forum yeah, or whatever great? it's like yeah that, that that's so much it fun is. man for yeah. for anybody that has the musical talent like that yeah that, and that's got to be so awesome yeah and it's such he's such a cool guy because he's he's like like me a, a real fanboy and he 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 knows that but in 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 retrospective, he, he he puts that into the equation where he is right now and uses that to his advantage, mm -hmm. and and it's sort of like that's that's it, man. Enjoying life, doing what you love, and 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 then being a musician like he, it's that's that's freaking awesome. I I I'm I'm so happy for him. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's cool. really cool. That's cool. All right. All right. And with that, I guess we'll say farewell. And uh, until next week, later. Later. If your ears aren't bleeding by now, you didn't listen to Sounds on Vinyl the right way. So go back and listen again. Sounds on Vinyl is hosted by Mike Svensson and Phil Boyer and produced by Booze Hound Entertainment. Go to soundsonvinyl.com to support the show, to dive deeper into listening and collecting vinyl. Don't forget to subscribe where you listen so you never miss an episode. Thanks for listening and for all your motherfucking support.